What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Shepard, and I'm joined by the world's best podcast co-host ever That's in a the lot history of, pressure. of it's a lot podcasts, Emmy Rodriguez. What's up, everybody? <laughs> How's it going today, Emmy? It's going good. Yeah? You know what I woke up thinking about this morning? I, no, I have no <laughs> idea what you woke up thinking Not about surprised. <laughs> Not surprised. But I was thinking, because we're getting really close... I don't know, and I, th- I think I know, but are the Olympics happening this summer? I, the Olympics are supposed to be happening. Everything I've heard is that they are still happening. You know? Do you know I know an Olympian? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Maggie. That's no, not right. Tori Vidalis. Tori. Yeah, Tori Vidalis. Team Mexico softball. That's played at so A&M. cool. Yeah. So it's re- I like I know of other like I know of other Olympians like a lot of people do, but actually know her, which is super cool. They That's qualified so awesome. for the Olympics. But really? yeah, That's cool. I think it's happening. And I just I feel like I just saw an article a few weeks ago that was counting down the days or something like well, that. Well, I think my biggest thing was like usually there's so much like TV promo, which obviously I'm sure is different, but yeah. like usually the buildup for it is insane. Like for sports, especially like USA, like there's just so much hype yeah, around but, but I'm like, I kind of miss that. Isn't it happening in China? Japan, Tokyo, right? Isn't it Tokyo? Is it Tokyo? I don't know. I'm pretty positive it's Tokyo. I'm pretty positive it's Tokyo. Tokyo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because okay, there's something going on, like the whole human rights thing that's going on in China right now. Yeah. And so I know that that has played into some of the Olympic stuff and like whether or not I know. countries are participating because China's participating. Anyway, so this I, is not a political podcast. I did. But no, I think that that's probably no, a lot of why I there think isn't I was as just, much. I think it was just sad because I'm so used to the buildup that I was yeah. like, dang, I'm really missing all of the like hype behind like who's going to be there, who's competing, like the events. Did you have a favorite Olympic event? What do you typically like to watch? Oh, Do man. you watch the Olympics? I do watch okay. the Olympics for sure. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a ton of uh, Olympic softball. Obviously, I love softball yeah. a ton. Uh, so I definitely will be watching it with Tori being in it this year. I would say I don't ever sit down and watch track and field during the year. I think I think specific. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ever. 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 But <laughs> the Olympics, I'm like glued to the TV. Yeah. I think that the races, the yeah. hurdles, the jump, like I think all of it is so fascinating and that they're like the world's best athletes. I think yeah. it's absolutely incredible. So I would, I would probably go with the track events. I think I have too many. The ones that I obviously, like I would watch Misty Main carry for Sam Volleyball yes. all the time. Yes. That was like the one that I knew I wrote down to schedule to watch. Absolutely. And then if Michael Phelps was swimming, I was like, oh, I have to oh, watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I really love soccer, like watching the men and women play soccer. Yeah. I like I definitely support A and M or not A and M. Whatever. <laughs> we do though. We I do support A and M. I support America, <laughs> uh USA when it comes to like soccer, but I yeah, soccer is a bit long. No, but it's so fun. The, the and then are, gymnastics yeah, is the other go, one. They could go 120 minutes without scoring okay, a goal. But, but they're so exciting, especially the women's team. I'm sorry. They are so good. Oh, they're phenomenal athletes. They're the best at what yeah. they do. But I get really I'm not going to say that it. I've never watched really a soccer it. game. And I do. I enjoy the World Cup. I probably will watch Olympic I soccer. I love the World Cup. Today's guest is about to get up and walk out of the room because I've said all of this about soccer. And, you know, part of it was just I wanted to see how he responded. So, but yeah, soccer would not be on the top of my list. But that's a loss. Definitely for you. swimming. I, I didn't even think about swimming because swimming's like never on TV except for the no. Olympics. But see, it was really for me, Michael Phelps, like in the USA team because it was such a big hype. Now that he's not doing it, I mean, I might still watch it, but I'm not yeah. as excited, you know? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to unmute your mic and let yeah. you roast me. Today's guest is Rocco O. Howdy, guys. Hello. I, I just have one question yeah. to begin with. Just go start ahead. off. Go ahead. Now, I, I think we're supposed to be asking the questions on this podcast. Oh. But go <laughs> ahead. Take it over. Take, Take it my over. mic. Here go I ahead. am. Here I am. Just coming straight in. Are, are you excited to watch a 0-0, a pitching duel, a shutout game? And are you excited by that? And, you know, when you have 13, He's 14 strikeouts, feisty. you know, 14, 15 yeah. strikeouts, yeah. P- great pitching, right? Okay. That is an incredibly valid question that I had not thought about before. But here's the one main difference I would say. With soccer, you have two 45-minute halves of just this nonstop what can drone on you know, if it's maybe not the best of the best teams, I'm not going to say fair. like if USA is playing Germany or whatever, like obviously those are intense games. And there's a lot of action happening, even if it's a zero zero match. But with softball, it's 
way more fast paced. It's like happening and it's coming at you and there's an inning with three outs and like then you're moving on. So there's more break in the action, et cetera. So that's where I would say it's a little easier to stay engaged with something like softball. But I, I do I do get your point. I, that, I think that's a fair point. And with with that, I think what makes a World Cup or the Olympics so fun to watch and so exciting is that there's a whole country supporting yeah. yes. a one team. I agree. Yes. And there's so much on the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Wild. I'll give you that for sure. For sure. Okay. I will watch <laughs> Olympic soccer. We sold them. We're, We're going to send him every game that's played. Yeah. Are you watching today? Are you watching yeah, today? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch and I'm going to come and quiz you. Hey, did you see so-and-so with... Oh, Thirteen Rocco saves, will know. He and Rocco will, will be like, actually, it was fourteen yeah, saves. Yeah. Obviously, one thing about you is you are passionate about soccer. But for the people who don't know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do here at the church. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Rocco. I recently, in December, graduated from Texas A&M. Yeah. Finally, we got it done. <laughs> we made it. We survived, and I got hired full time here at Badge Fellowship as a broadcast video coordinator. And what that basically means is I oversee and take in charge of um, running the live stream broadcast yeah. for the church on Sunday mornings. And I help a guy named Brad Culpepper out with a lot of video editing, video shooting, and um, upcoming at the movies shoot and editing, um, hopefully. We'll yeah. see. But that's basically what my job consists of. Yeah. When you think about... Like how you got here, not necessarily specifically to your job at Brazos Fellowship, but just when you think about the version of Rocco that's sitting here talking to us today, like what are some of those seasons? What are some of those moments, those those just pivotal moments that you look back down and you're like, man, that that impacted me so greatly. It, it played such a part in who I am sitting here today. Right. So for me, there's a lot of things that happened in my life where I feel like if that didn't happen, I'm clueless on where I would be. Hmm. One of them for me is being an immigrant, moving overseas from South Korea at an age of nine, which is fairly young. I feel like that's decently young. And moving over to Texarkana, Texas. How does one get <laughs> from South Korea to Texarkana, Texas? Uh, that goes through my mother, okay. who has really good connections with people. I get that from her, of mm -hmm. being a people person. Yeah. And she worked at a church uh, back in Korea, and one of the pastors, uh, who wasn't really a pastor, one of the volunteers at the church, started going through a seminary and went to, or moved to Dayton, Ohio, okay. to go to seminary school. And um, in Methodist churches, you kind of get sent to different churches assigned, to, yeah. assigned that's the word assigned to different churches to kind of go lead and you know do his thing in ministry whatnot and that that pastor was sent to Texarkana, Texas okay. of all places there you go. Wow. and my dad or my mom knew them knew mm -hmm. that couple and they were like hey you know if you're interested in maybe moving overseas we you know, we have a place here for you so wild. Come hang out you know we have a connection so somehow she took the bait and yeah. uh, moved overseas. They they came and visited in November of '06. My dad was not on board. They both had decent jobs in Korea. We were pretty well established. They both knew the language that they were speaking and the language that were being spoken around them. Yeah. And then they spontaneously decided to come to a country where they could not communicate fluently, and they just you know stepped onto the challenge, brought all of us here, me and my sister, and started a new journey. And when I first moved here, obviously I didn't know any English. For I think at least two years, wow. I was struggling to like communicate with friends, make friends, struggle to do well in school. All that to say, um, one of the biggest turning points or biggest impactful moment is moving here and forcing myself to uh, dive into a new environment. Well, I guess I didn't really force myself, but <laughs> my parents uh, led me to coming here and learning a language and learning a new culture mm -hmm. and meeting new friends and whatnot. And I think I got in the mindset of if I'm going to be here and if I'm going to make friends and enjoy myself again, I'm going to have to learn the language. I'm going to have to make friends and adapt to this new lifestyle. And I think what I did was I joined every single sports team I could imagine. So the first two months of 
living in the States. I joined the soccer team. I joined the football team, basketball team, baseball team. <laughs> and then I just forced myself to put myself out there and made friends. And the friends, the same friends that I made in those teams, I ended up rooming with in college. That's so cool. Coming to a and all together, crazy. room together, play sports together, come to church together. And I'm still really good friends with them. I'm actually going over to their house tonight and hanging out. <laughs> that's it. awesome. Uh, that's been a, a huge blessing in my life of having those friends that stuck with me since literally day one and doing this journey with me. So I think that's one of the biggest things that kind of shaped me, learning to adapt to this new culture, learning to put myself out there a little bit more and be more personable with people and learning the new language and you know new people. Do you think that having walked through that at nine years old equipped you for your transition to college, like moving away from home now into another new environment where you don't, I mean, I know you brought people with you, right? You, your people from day one, your Mm -hmm. friends that you were going to room with or whatever, but you're still walking into, you know, at the end of the day, you're still an immigrant, right? right? And you're walking into this entirely new environment with tens of thousands of students and it's just very very different do you think that your journey at nine helped prepare you for that absolutely absolutely i think so i think having gone through that already made me more excited to do it again because Mm -hmm. i think i've overcome it once yeah um you know like when you ride a roller coaster that is pretty scary and you didn't think you can ride it yeah and you ride that you're like okay that wasn't too bad yeah let's (laughs) go to the next level and yeah. see if I can do it again. You yeah. know, you ride the Texas Giant, you're like, okay, maybe I can do that. So you go ride the Titan. Haven't ridden the Titan yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll What's get there. that? Do, you, do we know what that next thing is? Uh, You know, f- next challenge? Yeah. Like in life or in roller coasters? Yeah, in life. <laughs> I, was like, I was curious too. I was like, which one? Well, uh, I don't know What yet. would you consider the Titan? Like, what would be, would, is that like a season of life or is that another major transition where you're just like, I'm packing up and moving to you know, another place or like, what would you consider the type of adventure that you would consider the Titan? Yeah. You know, who knows? Who knows what life will take me? I didn't think I was going to end up in college station after mm-hmm. college. I was, I honestly didn't know where I was going to end up in college <laughs> or after college, but maybe that's moving somewhere East coast. Maybe that's moving somewhere overseas or maybe that's like, um, a change in like marital status. Yeah. Cause that's a big, that's a humongous step that I, Still, I'm very terrified of. So <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it's totally you know, okay. We'll, it's totally we'll get fine. there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But that I, I feel like that's like the next challenge that I may be looking forward to, but maybe not be looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah. healthy fear, right? right? It's like I know that I enjoy roller coasters, mm-hmm. and I think I'm gonna survive, but that looks really scary. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I totally get that. I get that. It was like not long ago, Rocco and we actually got to experience that together, and he did super well. Like we went like to a real s- roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, real <laughs> roller coaster, not the life roller coaster. But yeah, he being someone that doesn't really enjoy them, but he had that exact perspective. Like that looks fun. It looks challenging. I'm gonna do it. He did it, and he had fun. Well, yeah, we survived. We're still here, so awesome. and we're still here. I think that's so awesome. That's such a great life lesson. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're we're joking about it with roller coasters, but I, I think that there's just a lot of wisdom and maturity in that. And like, man, stuff's going to come at us that's going to feel uncomfortable, and it probably is going to look scary. But we just have to trust we're going to survive and just take it head mm-hmm. on and see what happens. I think it kind of sucked that I had to face that so early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it. I, I I struggled with it definitely dealing with it when I was in elementary school, but. I think that helped me so much in the long run in high school and in in college and whatnot because there was a point of my life where I really struggled um, to make friends. I really struggled to deal with the the racial jokes and just any anything coming at me because I was so prideful and defensive of myself where yeah. I didn't handle any any you know tackle or any offensive comments that were coming at me very well so elementary school i i lived in iss and I, if you don't know what iss is it's like what you go to when you get in fights or like mm-hmm. you know you, you know, take a swing and whatnot so that was you know i was there quite a bit it was that or esl class which is english as second language class and which i learned a lot from so that was like my elementary school but 
as I started making friends and as, as, as they started to show more grace towards me and then started to accept me a little bit more, I learned to kind of take those racial jokes as not necessarily hate, but more of their way of showing attention to me. Do you think that some of that is coming from a place of ignorance for the person who's maybe making the comment, right? Like you have a very unique perspective, not just on, on racial like comments or issues, but even just what we were talking about with this life lesson, you have a very unique perspective as an immigrant who walked into a situation that was completely unknown, right? And there was so much going against you and so much thrown at you, but you just made the decision like, I'm going to embrace the awkward, I'm going to embrace the difference, and I'm just going to assimilate into where I now am. But not everyone has that mature of a perspective. And so do you think that some of people making comments or drawing attention to things is coming from a place of ignorance that they're like, I don't know how to like bridge the gap between what I know and maybe who you are or what you know? Yeah, I think some people, uh, when they make those comments, they're just trying to laugh. Yeah. Trying to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. Trying to maybe draw attention on themselves a little yeah. bit, especially at a young age. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody For wants sure. that, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to laugh. Everybody wants to have fun. And I don't think usually it doesn't come from much of a bad intention. So, yes, I do think it does come from a bit of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's very innocent Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Now... Not all racial jokes no. can be innocent. No, right? and, and it that's doesn't why make it okay. Problem. And right. it doesn't make it okay. I agree. Like, at the end of the day, we don't know. Like it's mature of you to receive it in that way, mm-hmm. but it's not fair for us to be like, oh, it was innocent. Like, no, it's right. not innocent. Even if even if the person saying it maybe wasn't coming from a place of hate, right. that still does not make it okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I'm I'm so careful saying this too because yeah. I know it is real and I know people struggle with it and I, I know people are in pain about it yeah. from it and whatnot. Right. But for me personally, I have I've learned to deal with that and I've learned to understand why people do it. Yeah. And it's not always to hurt me. It's not always to attack me, but it's to kinda let let people make you know by letting people make fun of me in terms of racial jokes, if people are laughing and people are enjoying themselves, I'm okay with it. And, you know, I, I like to make people laugh. I like to make sure that people are having fun when they're around me. Yeah. Which is why I've always been a class clown. Um, so when people do that, I can relate, if that makes sense. Yeah. I still think it's so crazy because I don't think many people can relate to the fact that you were so young and had to move countries. I mean, that to me in itself is such a big part of your story, obviously. And the fact that multiple times now you've mentioned that you struggle to make friends, which makes sense being that you had to learn a whole new language because you just couldn't communicate. But if I look at you today, like you're one of the most people oriented people I know, like it is so easy for you to just talk to people, get along with people. Not that you couldn't then, but there was obviously a barrier. And I think what's really cool in our stories is how God brings people into our lives at times. Like you talked about your friends in high school, like that you still are best friends with today. Mm -hmm. And so who are those people who are more of the people that walk with you and have just been part of your story. Absolutely. So in middle school, I was really good friends with some people named Will Hlavinka and Zach Spagner, who I still am in contact with. One of them are still here. They are going through school. They're about to graduate as well. Congrats to Will. Shout out. <laughs> uh, but those two have been really good friends with me all throughout elementary school, all throughout middle school, and mostly throughout high school before Zach moved away. They were the first ones to introduce me to a youth group in, in town, which I went to a Korean church um, in town with my parents, a mm-hmm. very small Korean church, because in Texarkana, you wouldn't really expect to have a Korean community in a very small church, and you were right, and <laughs> there's like 10 people, <laughs> 10 Koreans in the whole town, and they're all adults, so you don't really have many people to interact with, to have be friends with, because... Yeah. It's kind of weird to be friends with adults, especially Korean adults, because yeah, and especially you let, you nine your, years old. Yeah, yeah. you let, your, you let your parents do that. You let your parents do that. So, I made friends with a lot of people from school, and they introduced me to the youth group, probably the biggest one in town at that point. And I started going there when I was in seventh grade. I really enjoyed it. I really had fun. And Will, 
ended up going to a different youth group, the one that I ended up going to all throughout middle school and high school. Um, that was, oh, I should tell the backstory. So our the, our Korean church never had a building. We were actually inside this church called Williams Williams Memorial Methodist, and we were just do, doing our service inside the chapel because obviously we had ten people, not much of a budget, can't buy the building. Mm-hmm. Sure, we do what we can do. Yeah. So. We ended up going to Williams Memorial Methodist, where our parents went and Will's parents went, and the youth group there was called Impact. Ended up going there from sixth grade all the way through when we graduated. That was a humongous part of my life, and the youth pastor there was named Russell. He introduced me to what mission trips are all about. He introduced me to what serving at youth is all about. So as soon as I got there, he accepted me right in. He made me a humongous part of youth group. So I played piano since seventh grade all the way up to I graduated. I ended up playing piano on Sunday mornings with them, um, with the big churches. I ended up playing with like the choir, which is when I really kind of learned how to play more and more with the church style, yeah. learning chords and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up taking multiple, multiple mission trips all the way around across Texas to Louisiana, maybe in Arkansas, three or four weeks out of the summer with this thing called UM Army, which is like a mission trip for high school. And there was a thing called Summit, which is like mission trip for, for middle schoolers, which I served as like their their leader when I was in high school. That's cool. And then we had this thing called Lakeview, which is where Fish Camp is. And that was our annual summer camp location. And we would go there for like two weeks of summer and then kind of serve, you know, with worship and camera camera work and whatnot. So wow. that was a humongous part of, of my high school. And then starting in junior year, I started being more friends with people from my soccer team. Um, and a dude named Matt was became one of my closest friends, and he went into a different church. So I ended up, you know, kind of migrating over to that <laughs> church a little bit, joined their youth group a, a bit, and I really enjoyed it because – the the impact which is my initial youth group did not have many people my age that I could connect mm, with. Will yeah. was the only person that was my age and really only high school boy wow. there with me. So yeah. I did not have much of a community. I just felt like I was just pouring out, serving and serving, just growing up these middle schoolers and helping them understand what I do and and why they should do what I do. And it was more of a leadership role and 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 serving more than me being poured into. So I think I was really seeking that. And when I went to Matt's church, I met a ton of amazing guys um, that really loved the Lord and really accepted me right in. And I went there for a Super Bowl party on Sunday night, really enjoyed it, met some great friends and ended up joining a small group and the small group leader whose name is michael ended up being my biggest role model all throughout high school That's awesome out, out of nowhere i joined this small group with five guys ended up really learning what vulnerability looks like really learning how to fully trust each other and understand that what i go through is not what only I go through. It's what most high school boys go through. Yeah, I, I learned that firsthand. I I laughed with them a whole ton. I cried with them <laughs> a lot ton, <laughs> and I I shared things that I probably would have never learned to share in that group of six guys, including Michael, because we would meet every Sunday night or afternoon after church. If the Cowboys were playing during the day. We go there early. Mm-hmm cook burgers and hot dogs in the backyard, watch the Cowboys games, go up, and ha- and then go through this book called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Yeah. Go through that Bible study and then talk about how our week has been, how um, the Lord has moved through us, how, um, how we have dealt with our sexual impurity and share everything and share how we can... Um, fix what is broken and hopefully not struggle with it anymore so yeah there's some Man. really impactful people that i got to meet that lord has blessed me with throughout 
living in 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 Texas and in Texarkana, and and leading me to A and M. So awesome, so awesome, and it, you know you already mentioned some of the things that you've learned from those people and the value of community and what vulnerability looks like and how to have perspective in transition. What, what are some of the things that you would say, man, these are lessons that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. Just, uh, you know, a couple of things that you're like, man, this is, has shaped who I am. I think for me is not being hesitant to reach out to people, Mm. not being hesitant to, or understanding that my struggles are not only my struggles, but the people that love me, which I know there's people that love me. And first of all, it's understanding that people do love you. Yeah. Everyone that's listening, people love you. Yeah. So know that, understand that, admit it, believe it. So go into the people that love you and making sure that they know that you are struggling and not being ashamed to say that and not being not feeling like you're a burden to them. I struggled with that for a long time and I hope I didn't struggle with that for a long time because I feel like it's it was a big waste of time to struggle with my struggles alone because mm. there are people out there that are wanting to help that so are reaching out their hand literally just for you to grab them, just like how the Lord is. And I think through those times of struggle of keeping my struggles and burdens to myself i think i wasted a lot of time doing so but i learned a valuable lesson that your struggles is not for you to go through alone and that's why there's people around you there's people Mm -hmm. that's why that you have community that's huge and you know it's it's for them to help you with wisdom with their life experiences and for you for you to do life together Uh, and i'm glad i learned that I guess at a fairly young age, even though I, I, I struggled with it quite a bit. But that's like the biggest message that I get to tell people that are younger than me and even older than me that struggle to let go of that pride that yeah. people struggle, mm-hmm. that yeah. you struggle. And let them know that, hey, you know, let's kind of refresh, rethink. And how can we help? How can I help you now and make sure that you understand that? It is not okay to let pride take over and make sure that they are not dealing with that issue alone, whatever that may be. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's like the biggest thing. It's so good. And man, pride, I hate pride so much, even though I struggle with it all the time, because pride tells you you're the only one, right? Mm-hmm. That you have to be perfect because you're going to let people down, that you have to assume all this responsibility, whatever, except no one, literally no one other than Jesus has ever been mm, perfect. Yeah. And we know that that's true, yet somehow we convince ourselves, but we're supposed to be that yeah. one person right. that has it together, that has the answer, that's not struggling with something. And then like you said, you end up wasting so much energy and so much time and you're going to fail anyway. Right. So you might as well fail and be honest about it and let other people surround yeah. you in that, man. That's good. Pride, I think, hits everyone differently. And especially, I think, people that maybe didn't struggle with it younger, like when they hit adulthood, somehow it's like come out, which I think people forget too. But what is like a discipline that has helped you in that? Or what are other disciplines or things that you've put into your life to help you in your faith journey and just help you grow? Things that have been modeled by the people in your small group or the people that you look up to and model that for you? I think for me, to help me not struggle as much with pride anymore is understanding that I am broken and I do make mistakes and what helped me the most is being vulnerable with others Yeah, because by being vulnerable with others you learn to let go of that pride and let just like let that barrier down and letting others know that I'm making mistakes I know I'm doing things wrong I know I'm not perfect and what I do is not always best and I wanted to let you know because Mm -hmm. That's my way of keeping myself accountable with other people, with my friends and whatnot. So that was one way that I dealt with with, uh, pride. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I still deal with pride in things that kind of sneak up on me because I would like to think that I am not as prideful. I like to make fun of myself. I like to make a fool of myself. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes that's not what all pride is about. There's other aspects of life that I'm still unfortunately prideful about 
and that I will still hold on to and still be offended if people told me that I wasn't doing things correctly and whatnot. So there's still other things that I'm still working on, but making myself think, thinking to myself and making sure I am staying humble by relying on the Lord and making sure that I know, reminding myself that, listen, there's no way that I'm having control of what I'm doing. I have in control of how my life has been in 22 years. I was not in control and my mother was not in control of me moving over to the States, me coming Mm -hmm. to A&M, me graduating. Good Lord. You know, that was a miracle. And (laughs) I think that was like the biggest thing, just making sure that making sure that I have the discipline to remind myself that I am not in control and having pride over things that I am not in control. just seems very foolish Mm -hmm. because why would I try to control or be prideful over things that I am not even in control over? So what what would you say to the person that would respond and say, Rocco, it's easy for you to say that I should be vulnerable. You have people that have been there by your side for years that you know, you can trust that um, have over time exhibited the capacity to handle your vulnerability. What would you say to that person on why, they should still find a way to be vulnerable if maybe they don't have as easy access to somebody or they feel like, I don't know how to take that first step towards vulnerability. Yep. It is true. I've been very blessed with people that are willing to be vulnerable. That is very true. But that doesn't mean that I didn't have to put an effort to find people mm. to want to be vulnerable with me. Yeah. yeah, I can't sit here and expect for people to keep reaching out to me, keep chasing me and pursuing me if I'm not reciprocating that that effort towards them. Yeah. Michael, my my small group leader, chased after me, pursued me really, really well. But I I would like to believe part of it is because I sought after that relationship mm-hmm. as well. I showed up every Sunday. I made sure I was vulnerable and I made sure I did whatever possible to follow after our dream of sexual purity. And I I made the efforts. I think I also put myself out there, and I think that's how the relationship grew. If I sh- I showed up, ate a burger, listened to Crazy Love, maybe fell asleep, and didn't really get any- anything out of it, I don't think that relationship would be yeah. there as strong as it is so now. So true. So true. Another great example that I have personally in my life is one of my one of our great friends, Jacob Jordan. When Jacob and I started being friends, my sophomore year in college, I didn't know him very well. I got to know him through serving here in worship and one day i asked him to come eat breakfast with me we went to cracker barrel out in Bryan, and that was the first time we really kind of hung out and we really got to connect got to learn a lot together you know learn a lot about each other and what they're about and i thought he was just a great guy i wanted to be better friends with him so i reached out him again i was like hey cracker barrel again but this almost like the second time we ever hung out I took a leap of faith and I said, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's, I want to be really good friends with you. I want to grow in our friendship and grow to be a better person. Let's go through this book together. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be, it's going to take some effort and vulnerability. And it's a book called Every Man's Battle Mm -hmm. where you are it, it kind of hits you straight in the face and tells you what you're doing wrong, what you should be doing, and why you're doing things the wrong way. And it gives you a really good solution to find your way towards sexual purity. Mm-hmm. At you know, at this point, I barely knew him. Didn't even know his middle name. Didn't know his birthday. <laughs> we just met. We I haven't even served on the same stage with him yet. And I took a leap of faith. I said, hey. Let's do this. I want to do this with you. I think you're capable. I think I can do this with you. Let's try it. He jumped on board. We did it every Monday. From that and hanging out weekly and making sure that we had a set time to hang out weekly made us grow tremendously, not only as a person but as friends. The very next year, we ended up rooming together. And now he's one of my best of best buds. And I was his groomsman. I was in his wedding. And we're still really good friends 
and and, and, here, and so on and so on. So yeah. I, I say that to say that, yes, you may not have the people available around you. And yes, you may, you may live in a place where you may not even have people that are similar age as you. I, that's okay. I think it's it's really about how much you seek out because mm-hmm. they don't have to be your age friends. They can be people that are a lot older than you that are a lot more wiser than you. For example, I have someone that's very ancient like Greg Mendoza who <laughs> I look after I look you know, I look up to and I go to for a yeah. lot of yeah. a lot of wisdom, a lot of advice. So it, it doesn't have to be like your best bud that's your age. There are gonna be people people around you that are willing to help you, that are is that are wiser than you and that, you know, will want the best for you. So I would say try to put in that effort go out seek out find that person and make sure that you are pouring into them first before you expect for them to pour into you Mm, that's good that's so 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 good i love that so much when you take all of this your your story the people your you know small group leader youth pastor these relationships these lessons that you've learned the disciplines you put in into practice when you take all of those things and put them together how does it now impact and inform how you engage with the people in your life like so what okay that's that's great that's a great story so what i want to be that person that finds that person finds me yeah at 9 years old I want to be the Will. I want to be the Michael. Yeah. I want to be the Jacob Jordan. I love that. To someone else. Yeah. Because I have the unique experience and the unique, I've had the unique circumstance of dealing with being an immigrant, having to be a 10 year old, 11 year old translator to my, my, my parents who's dealing with the businesses of, of whatever they're doing, had to be, had to be the translator for like their CPAs and their attorneys or whatever. Yeah. And having that circumstance and experience, I feel like I can have a unique point of view to someone else who may be dealing with something similar where they have to be the child adult in their family where they're forced to, you know, make friends in a difficult circumstance. And I think I can give decent advice there. Yeah. I think I have a, a good, good enough experience where I can show them, you know, okay, in this situation, maybe this is a good idea. When you're, when you struggle to have friends, reach out. They also want to be friends. Mm -hmm. Nobody, most people are not going to shy away from someone that reaches out to them first. Absolutely. And just helping them learn, helping them learn that, you know, in life, yes, it is, people are, difficult to be around and people are scary but at the same time they are very loving for the most part and there are very loving people around them helping them uh, reminding them of that and hopefully helping people or kids that had had to go through what i had to go through of being an immigrant not even just from korea but like you know anybody sure and just like helping out so good i love it well for what it's worth I would come to advice for you. I think oh, you give great sweet. advice. Thank you. Yeah. I try. Oh, yeah. definitely. He's definitely an encourager mm-hmm. for sure. Easily one of the people that will rally around you. No problem at all. Does it all the time for me and it means a lot. Oh. So thanks. Oh, thanks. Aww. <laughs> thanks, Emmy. Thanks. <laughs> well, before we let you go, Rocco, we want to, we just have a little segment that we're going to call favorite things. Mm-hmm. Amy's going to throw out a topic and then you're just going to tell us what your favorite is in said topic. Just have fun with it. All right. Let's okay. do it. Here we go. Okay. What's your favorite animal? Tiger. Okay. No, I, like I yelled was not it. Expecting it's a that. tiger. Yeah. Tiger. Because you know those you know those Chinese animals about you know the year of the whatever? Yeah. And apparently yeah, yeah. I'm a tiger. Ninety eight. <gasps> Interesting. Oh, ninety eight was the year of the tiger. The year of the tiger. Okay. Now I don't want to know. I feel like mine won't be as good as a tiger. I feel like that's like <laughs> superior almost. Okay, what's your favorite place you've traveled or a favorite place you want to travel? The favorite place I have traveled so far has to be Egypt. Yeah. I enjoyed it so, yeah, so, so much. for sure. And if I get an opportunity, I'm going back with y'all, both <laughs> y'all. And you're coming this time. I, you're coming I, this time. I, yeah, and, I'm in. And the place that I really want to visit, just because for the heck of it, 
is a place called Pompeii. Mm. Out in Italy, I'm I've a- been. No I way, have. it's so cool. She's been to no Greece. She's been to I did. That was the same like trip. So, I am so yeah. jealous. I'm I so it. jealous. It's worth it. It's really cool. Yeah, it's love really cool. the song by. Oh yeah, Castile. you have to see. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't there uh. when I went, so I didn't get to like listen to it as you like. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I'm a bit of like a history geek. I love history, I love and that, I love yeah. European history. Yeah. So. That's something that's really fascinating to me. We need to get a friend group and just go to Europe because I'm oh. on the same. I'm on the same trip. Like I would love that. That'd oh, so don't tempt me. <laughs> I'm saving up already. Let's go. Okay. Nice. What's your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby, if not playing video yes, games. Yes. Okay. I was like, I'm gonna call you out of video games. games and like you know streaming and whatnot has to be. Uh, so right now or just like all time? Because sure. right now it's yeah. chess. I, I can't yeah, stop okay. playing chess. Yeah, you do play that all the time. I I can't play. So, so Emmy and I had a unique experience of, <laughs> or a privilege, I must say, of getting to wait in line for a ride for four and a half hours. I heard without yes. actually getting on the ride because we had to we had to leave. Because, That's unfortunate. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah fine. we had to make the adult decision to get out of the line. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She made that decision. Chelsea did. I wouldn't have because I'm not an adult. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would like to think I'm not an adult no, yet man. that has to make that decision. But in that four hours of waiting, I think I've played around 30 chess games. Oh, my ch- goodness. Chess matches. Yeah. I played nonstop. He was really going. He was, he was doing great. I was impressive. focused. But, you know, it's a good pastime. There you go. Yeah. What's your favorite emoji? My favorite emoji is that emoji where... You got those wind coming out of your nose. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, it's like hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I don't think I've like, ever hmm. used that one. I like how you have a sound effect that goes with. I know. Hmm. You know what? You just think. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you like, just think. You know? Yeah. You see yeah. it. Determined. Dang. I know exactly what you're talking about. I get it. What's your favorite color? My favorite color at the moment is blue. I it love changes. People do that. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Uh, the, it, growing up, it was always orange. Oh, I also grew up a Longhorn fan, so like that's I'm one thing. And, and the podcast you, is over. You, <laughs> and, but I, I like yeah. bright orange, not burnt orange. Burnt orange has always been ugly. Yes, I, yeah, like I agree. It's bright orange. Color. So like my shoes were always orange, my shirts were always orange. Because you know, like when you're growing up, you like to wear these flashy Under Armour shirts, and that's like yeah. just do it Nike stuff, you know. So I wore these flashy colors. Orange is a very flashy color. It is. So I like the is. orange, but now. Mm-hmm. I like chill navy blue, sky blue. Yeah, yeah, I see. You are the He's shoes. The shoes blue. are really bright blue. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite music artist? At the moment, my favorite music artist has to be this artist called Sugar. It's S U G R with a question mark. So it's like sugar. Oh, so we're not sure. Sugar. <laughs> it's what they're called. Uh. It's this guy named Steven Suptic. Okay. Who makes music, but also streams and plays video games. I found him through Twitch, but I listened to his music and it's actually really good. So huh. if you want to check out some good alternative music, wow. that's that kind of sounds like the band Camino, a <gasps> little bit it? of Paramore vibes. Okay, but it's a guy. Uh, <laughs> there's this call, song called "Back with You." Oh, death! It's like really good songs. So Dang. check them out. All right, sugar. Gotta put that on the list. No, not that's like sugar. 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 Oh, sugar. sugar. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My bad. Okay, what's your favorite store or like clothing brand or? Where, what's your go-to? Ooh. So, you know, I love this place called Express. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There's one in town in the mall yeah. here in College Station. There's one in the outlet mall in Houston that's super cheap, but it's really good clothes. I'm actually wearing their pants. It's really nice khakis yep. and good quality, very formal, but also informal and cheap. You can't go wrong. So when? Yeah. Favorite TV show? Ooh. Can it be like Netflix show? Sure, yeah. Because I don't really like watch TV shows. That's fair. Oh, man. I'm, I feel like I'm going down one hole and I kind of don't like it. But my favorite Netflix show at the moment has to be Queen's Gambit. Mm. Uh, I've watched, yes. I watched it. I've watched yes. it three it times over and over. Oh, really? really? It was... Okay, I'm not like a huge chess player. I, I play whatever. I, but it was super good it's it was really good super, super good yeah, I and agree. people that even don't even know chess or like yeah. chess yeah. so when I f- first watched it I didn't play a single game of chess in my life and then I watched it and I was like oh this is really good and then um, there was this big chess tournament with like favorite like all the streamers and celebrities or whatever Rain Wilson was in it I ended up watching it that's when I started playing chess ah 
and then I wow. fell in love. I I learned hours and hours of openings, clo- like end game, <laughs> mid game. I watched YouTube videos. There was a point in my life where I spent a twelve hours on Saturday watching YouTube videos. Okay, I like how you said a point in my life. How many months ago was that? Oh, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah um, like three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so point of my life being I'm currently right. living this reality. I was trying to make it sound like it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, nope, yeah. not here, not here on our podcast. We're very honest yeah. here, Rocco. Vulnerability. <laughs> True. What's your favorite movie? Interstellar, hands down. Can't go wrong with Good it. Choice. All right, that was very sci-fi quick. Is I like it. My love. I love any most sci- scientific fiction movies. Matthew McConaughey did a good job. A great movie. People that will argue that Inception is better than Interstellar probably didn't watch Interstellar the right way. Mm, it's a wrong way. Good to know. Good to know. Apparently so. <laughs> What's your favorite holiday or season? It's really easy to say Christmas. Yeah, I know. It's very easy to say Christmas. But I'm going to go a little unique here and say St. Patty's Day. And here's oh. why. Every March, McDonald's releases this uh, drink that's like minty, chocolatey drink. Yep. Only for St. Patrick's Day. And that's, that's so the best awesome. day of Good. the year for Rocco. That is so that's awesome. So I get it every single time. 357 for a medium drink. 357. That's so funny. You know, I get it at least 10 times in March. It's great. And I had no clue it existed. So It's called Shamrock Shake. There you go. I love it. What's your favorite superhero? Wow. Spider-Man. Sorry. Why? Big Tom Holland fan. Oh. I think he's funny. He's really funny. He's really funny. That. I yeah. love his character. I think I can vibe with it. So you like it for Tom Holland, not as Spider-Man as a whole? Yeah, because I actually <laughs> didn't watch Spider-Man, like the OG Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm. What's his name? McGuire? Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Tobey What's Maguire. his name? Some I, people will not like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he was really good too. But I think just the idea of Spider-Man being like a young kid kind of figuring out this whole superhero yeah. life and joining the Avengers lately or whatever really fits Tom Holland's comical but also charismatic vibe. It was really good. So I, I thought it did a tremendous job. I really enjoyed the movies. Also a big Zendaya fan as well. So, couple yeah. more. Favorite sport or team or sports team? If I didn't say s- soccer now, yeah. you know, it would be bad. So definitely soccer to watch and play and I support Tottenham Hotspur, which is an English football team that is never it, does well. Is that Wales or something? Uh, it's in London. It's North oh, London. Wrong. It's not Wales. And there's like eight soccer teams in London, which is strange to me. But you're dedicated. I like it, Rocco. Yeah, I. You know, I. There's a South Korean player there, which is the main reason I started liking them. But um, I started watching them, I think, three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and really liked it. Really like their team, really like their logo. So I have bought their poster, bought their merch. I have a lot of, I have a beanie now. I have a jersey. So I'm I'm all in. When I like things, I hate this about myself. Very true. I go all in, yeah. and I, I drop it, a though. lot of money on it, and I oh, regret that, it later. I don't know. That I don't yeah. know. You know, I it's, just watch what he wears. And no, you'll, you'll see. I've noticed yeah. that. Yeah. I've noticed that lately. And I'm like, all right, Rocco, I see it. When I, I when I it. when I get into something. Everything in my life kind of shifts <laughs> towards that. Like I started eating healthier. I went out and dropped money on a like a, a blender, a toaster, meal planning stuff. Yeah, you were I cooking. I subscribed to uh, like a meal prep app thanks to Ryan Sheridan. Yeah, I just go all in. And my parents hate it because they're like, "Okay, it's a fad." Blah 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 blah. Um, same thing with golf. Yeah, fad. Mm. Although I'm still playing, but still a fad. So yeah, I just go all in. I should go all in. So funny. I love it. Last one. Favorite ice cream. Favorite ice cream for me. Can I, can I list two? Can sure. I two? I'll give you two. Okay. One strawberry, which is very original. All right. And another one is a... Oh, gosh. Can I do three? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What happened to I go all in when favorite. I have one? I just like ice cream. <laughs> I love ice cream. My favorite ice cream is Bluebell. <laughs> yes. Any flavor, Any it's just ice cream. Matter. Cookie two-step. Oh, yes. Cookie two-step is a tie for first. That's what's up. And then the Tonight Dough that's Ben and Jerry's tonight? with Jimmy Fallon. On, oh, on that thing. makes Tonight Dough. The tonight Dough. <laughs> I think that's so, so Have you never heard of the Tonight Dough? Uh, no, I haven't. What? I think that's funny. 
okay. that's amazing. That's Let amazing. it be known that Emmy and I are going to HEB right now. That's yes. so tonight. Yes. That's awesome. Wow. One one last uh, favorite favorite Twitch streamer. Ludwig Ogren. Twitch.tv slash Ludwig. He is something else. The man worked for like Snapchat and whatever, got fired from everything. So he chose a job that he cannot get fired from, which is streaming. Yeah. yeah. And then he's only been streaming for three years. And he beat the all-time subscriber record um, in April, April 21. He had 285,000 subs in one month. Oh, gosh. And he makes $5 a sub. So you're thinking, yes, yeah. he made two point, <laughs> what $2.3 million in a month. So, yeah, he's a, he's a variety of streamers that plays everything. And he's really just... Crazy content creator. I like how you looked at me like you're thinking. I'm like I have no idea what we're talking one, about. One, one, <laughs> one point three. But I agree 1. with 3. you. One point three. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but still, that's uh, a lot of money in one month. So right. Yep. Well, you know, you're not far behind him. You, you know, have your own Twitch stream. I do, and I haven't streamed in a while because I've gotten really busy, and I, 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 I have this thing where when I'm not busy, I like to keep myself busy, and. Throughout college, I was super busy because I had a job and school and whatnot and doing different stuff. But when I started this full-time job, I found myself having a lot of free time at night when yeah. I'm not working, mm-hmm. when yeah. I get to actually stay home and rest. And I, you know, I should stay home and rest <laughs> to prepare for for work and make sure I'm not falling asleep in work and doing my best at work. But, you know, I ended up starting to teach piano with some people to fill up my time and then if that wasn't enough i started streaming so i bought like a webcam with a mic and built a pc for it and yeah you know when i say you know i go all out i go, go all out. in That's go right. on well we we are glad that you went all in with us today and it has been a blast having you on the podcast so thank you rocco absolutely my pleasure <laughs> You had to think about and that. My for a yeah. and, and my privilege. And your privilege. Okay, privilege. there we go. There we go. Well, it has been another great episode. Amy, thank you as always for joining me. Yeah, thanks for letting me still do this. Yeah, you're the world's best <laughs> podcast host. So thanks oh. for letting me do this. Oh, no, this is a rabbit hole. This I don't so want to go wholesome. down. We're going <laughs> to stop so right here. Oh, man. Okay, we will catch you next time. Later. Later.